what he's doing in our lives, what he continues to do. Amen. So with no further ado, Brother Darden, come up. Let's give him a hand clap right now. Welcome him. Amen. In the name of God. Thank you for being here. It's always a blessing to be in the house of God. Uh, in, in spite of whatever situation you're in, it's always a blessing to be here. We're going to, thank you, brother. We're going to be in Jude 17 through 24. And if you know, there's only one chapter in Jude. One chapter, very short, short chapter. But what he says is so powerful, very impactful as well. Uh, and it's a very, it's a rough time that he's dealing with, with the, with the people, and he's concerned about some things. And even in spite of the common salvation that he talks about, he is concerned about certain people that have crept in unaware. So let's, let's read uh, 17 through 24. Thank you for standing. Does everyone have it? But dear friends, remember that the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends... By building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. We should all be waiting for eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy Mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord. Before all ages, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. If, you, if this doesn't excite you. Perhaps you're not in Christ. Because Jude decides to take a moment in the middle of everything that's going on, and he basically calls a time out. Because the people of God, they're weary. There are things that are going on. Uh, he, and he goes back through, the, if you read the earlier part of Jude, he's talking about Cain, Korah, uh, Israel being delivered out of Egypt. He's talking about those things. And then he talks about the common salvation. However, in the midst of that, he stops and calls a time out because the people of God have become weary. And he wants them to continue to persevere for the faith. Okay? Now, once in Gideon, Judges 8 and 4, it says, And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over he and 300 men that were with him, faint, yet pursuing. Gideon had just took out the Midianites. 
over 120,000 people for three, 300 men that takes out 120,000. That's amazing. Now, in the midst of that, he's tired and his 300 men. But yet he still pursues 15,000 more over Jordan. Now, understand, when you, we get tired at times. We get tired. We go through the trials of life. We go through persecution. We go through unemployment. President Bush, President Obama. These things should not move us. And that's what Jude does. He decides to say, listen, it, it's time that we take a break. We are going to get through this. And that's what he's, he's trying to reassure us that we're going to get through this. And my job, we're going to get through this. Whatever you're going through now, we're going to get through it. So in Galatians 6 and 9, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for we shall reap if we faint not. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be faint. But it says, do not faint. You may feel like fainting, but you're not too faint. And that's the most important thing. We're all going to go through trials. There's not one of us that's going to be trial-less. We're going to go through trials. So it's a physical battle. In Gideon, he faced a physical battle. It was a physical battle. Now, we don't necessarily go through a physical battle now, but it's a spiritual battle. The things warring against our minds give up. Why not just go do what you want to do? Everyone else is. But this is the thing that we have to do. We cannot faint. We cannot succumb to those type, that type of activity in our minds. We cannot let it take hold in our minds. Now, it says how that they, in verse 18, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. How do you make it without the Holy Ghost? Now, that's a question that has to be answered. Regardless of whether you believe it or not, you have to ask that question. Why does God tell us to build up our faith praying in the Holy Ghost? And then it also says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you pray in the Holy Ghost without it? There are many things that we can do. I may not be able to run 30 miles an hour, but if I get inside of a car and I go 30 miles an hour, guess what? I'm going 30 miles an hour. What gives me the ability to do that? The same thing in the spirit. The Holy Ghost gives us the ability to live holy. The Holy Ghost is a guide. John 16 and 13 says, how be it when the spirit of truth come up, comes upon you, it shall guide you into all truth. How will you be guided if you don't have it? When an airplane flies, it's off course more than 90% of the time. Now, how do you get to your destination? How does a plane fly and get to its destination being off course 
90% of the time. I think pastor's the pilot. The plane is constantly correcting itself. When it goes off the course, it gets right back on it. So it's constantly going. When it flies, it, it's constantly correcting. That's what the Holy Ghost does for us. It's constantly correcting us. It should be allowed to constantly correct us. But sometimes we may not let it. How many of you have been in a situation where you, 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 you turn the Holy Ghost off? Because you, you know what? You wanted to go where you wanted to go. And that's why it says praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves. This is the only way that you're going to be kept. No other way. We can't do it. If we could live this holy life without him, we wouldn't need him. But we need the Holy Ghost in order to live for God. So we always have to allow the Holy Ghost to lead you. Verses 21. It says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And it says, and if some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now we look at that. This is a time in where we really need to be delivering souls for Christ. When Lot was in the city of Sodom, he was there in a wicked place. Much like the United States sometimes. If you look at all the things that are going on, there's, there's a lot of wickedness that's there. Ungodliness. Sexual immorality. We have those things there. We are set up for kind of like a Sodom and Gomorrah experience. It says in Genesis 19 and 12, Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, Sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of this place. Now, basically, the angels are there to let him know we are getting ready to destroy it. Now, can you imagine Lot? He probably thinks about it. He says, I love this city. I like it. I'm okay. Even though it vexed him at times, he was still living there. Now, so he, he may have been vexed, but he wasn't vexed enough to leave. Now, that may be some of us in our sins. We may be tired of it, but we may be not tired enough to leave. Now, when the angels came, they spoke with Lot, and Lot basically takes the message back to his sons-in-law. So he goes to them and tells them, hey, look, we need to leave. The city is going to be destroyed. But his sons-in-law looked at and mocked him. They thought that he was mocking them. They made fun of him, basically. So as he goes home without them, the next morning, the angels tell Lot, it's time to go. It is no longer a time to wait. And as you look in the story, if you read the story, it says Lot lingered. In other words, he delayed. It was time to leave. And you know what? The mercy of God was able to get Lot out of his situation. Because what happened? The angels grabbed them by the hand. 
his wife, Lot, and his two daughters. And he grabs them out of the hand and he takes them to the edge of the city and lets them know this is the place that you have to go. You have to go. You can go anywhere else, but you cannot stay here and live because this city is going to be destroyed. And as the city is destroyed, Lot looks back. Not doesn't, he doesn't look back. His wife looks back, having a mind to go back. Because once we come in Christ, we have to continue to look forward. We cannot look back. No matter what is in front of us, it is going to be a lot better in front than it is behind. So this is the thing that we have to get be assured of. We must continue forward. Now, unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Now, as you think about that, how can someone present you to be faultless? Is anyone in here faultless? But you're going to be presented as faultless. One of the things that we have here is that when we do things together as a team, when we work together as a team, we win. You think about all the messages that you ever heard. Think about the messages that preaching messages that you've heard. Can you remember the one that you heard last year? Can you? A lot of times we can't. We'll hear someone says, you know, how was church today? And you say it was great. And then the next question is, what was the message about? And you go back and you say, well, what was it about? You don't remember. But you know what's happening? The message goes in your spirit. That message goes in your spirit, just like you eat daily. It's food for daily life. Those things happen, that, and that's what we need. When someone tells you that you don't need to come to church, that you don't need the body of Christ, we are organisms of one another. We support each other. When I see my brother and sister in the mall, I don't have to have a long conversation with you. I can just say, praise the Lord, brother. That alone is going to keep me. You know, if I was going through a tough time, that's going to keep me just another day. Just continue to live for God. Now, we talked about this team thing. The 1984 Olympic team was anchored by Carl Lewis. I don't know if anyone knows, remember Carl Lewis, but... Carl Lewis was a runner, and he was a sprinter, and there was probably none greater than him. No matter what situation they were in, the only thing that had to be done by the other three runners, just get the baton to Carl. That's all that needs to be done. We don't have to be in first. We don't need to be in second. We don't need to be in third. Just Get the baton to him. Very much like Jesus, we just have to get it to him. When the children of, the, of the Israel got to the Red Sea, 
they got their very tired, complex, and very complaining and ready to get after Moses. But what was, what was told to do? What were they told to do? Moses put his hands up and the Red Sea divided. There was nothing else that needed to be done. The work was not in them. We're going to see the, the uh, video now. Remember, our objective and our job is to get the baton to Christ. Because he's the one that's going to present us faultless. This is, a, this is a, uh, the Olympic team right here. Carl Lewis is basically the fourth leg. If anyone knows it, he's the anchor. Who's our anchor? Jesus. I don't want you to get it confused or get it twisted to think that Carl Lewis is our anchor. As you can see, the second person that's the second handoff, we just need a clean handoff. Just imagine that's Abraham getting the baton to, let's say, Elijah. He gets the baton to Elijah, and then he gets the baton to Peter. He gets it to Peter, and on the fourth thing, he gets it to Carl Lewis. And watch what happens. There's not, the race is over. There's nothing that needs to be done. Nothing. That's who we win with. That's who we run with. We run with Jesus Christ. There is nothing. There is nothing that can't be done. There is no sin. There is no disease that will take you out of Christ. The only thing we need to do is get the baton to Jesus Christ. And it's just like it says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion, power, both now and forever. This is what we need. The baton has to go to Christ. Why don't you stand with me right now? That was powerful. There's such a holy movement in this room right now that anything we need we can have in Jesus Christ. How many of you are ready to hand off all your troubles, your last place concern? Because delayed obedience is disobedience. Right? Did you know that? Delayed obedience is disobedience. If you delay, you miss the appointment. And there's so many people that are vexed. I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. This world is wearing me out. I hate to confess that, but that's the truth. Especially after seven days of rain. <laughs> I'm exhausted just trying to swim to the car. Amen. Life has a way of pressuring, pressuring you and, and pushing on you and trying to twist you and to conform you. And the pressures of your day and the agenda of the moment and the anxiety of the week, all of that is working on you. But if we remember what Jude wrote and Brother Darden so eloquently spoke to us about it, we, we've got a God that's ready to take our trouble from us. How many want to lift up your hands this morning and say, Jesus, I surrender it all to you right now. Lord, I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. 
I want to learn to pray with the advocacy of the Father. I want to pray in the power of His Spirit. I want to be anointed to cry out to Him and say, Lord, help me in my feeble state. Help me, God, in my condition. Help me in the frailty of my life. I need you this very hour. Come on and give Him praise right now and tell Him, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. If you're here this morning, if you're here this morning and you would like to just come forward right now, repent of your sins, anything in your life, maybe, maybe you need to repent for delaying your obedience. Maybe you need to acknowledge and say, Lord, I've been, I've been too tacit with my response to you. I've been too tentative in my steps with you. I, I want to walk with you boldly. Amen? And brothers and sisters, if there's ever an hour where division has been released. The spirit of division is in the earth. It wants to divide us so badly. It wants to keep us from being united. But, but Brother Darden said it. We're organisms that we live and we're, we have our being in one another. The day we live for ourselves is the day we stop existing in the kingdom of God. Amen? We don't live for ourselves. We live for one another. Amen? So I want us to pray right now. How many, how many want the baptism of the Holy Spirit to flow through your life this morning? How many would like to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You ought to ask yourself, have I prayed in the Holy Ghost? Amen. And there's some people that, that are raised in, in denominal structures of, of religion where uh, they're confused about the name Spirit and Ghost. And so let me help you with that so you won't be concerned about that. <clears throat> the references to the Holy Spirit often take place in the Old Testament of the Torah. And the Bible says the Spirit hovered on the face of the waters. Amen? But the Spirit of God, the Eternal One, Elohim, took on himself the frame of a man, a Nazarene that we called our Messiah, Jesus. He was the face of God to us. He was the robed flesh of God. He laid his life down for us. He died on Calvary for us. Now, the spirit of a resurrected body is called a ghost. So when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so a lot of people in this world are possessed, their, their, their whole being is possessed by a lust for things, materialism. Their whole being is possessed by a lust for their job or their career. But people who are in Christ are possessed by the Spirit of Christ to do the will of God. So if you're here this morning and you're, you're not sure about what it means to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it means simply that I'm filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen? And when I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm filled with one who can never die. So if you're here this morning and you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward right now. We're going to pray with you. In this room, we're going to pray for you right now that the glory of God would fill your life.
to the degree that you would become a brand new creature in Jesus Christ. And tomorrow when you go to your job, people say something has happened to you. And you can tell them I wasn't rained out or drowned out in the mall. I was filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ who is living water. Amen. Would you throw your hands in the air right now and say, Lord, fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, we magnify you for it. We exalt your name for it. We worship you right now for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We thank you that it's essential for us to be saved. It's essential for us to live in the new life of Jesus Christ. We thank you that you keep us until that faithful day where you declare us, O oh God, absolved of sin, and we're freeborn spirits who are racing with you to the end of glory, and we magnify you for it right now. And somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated for just a moment. I have just a moment, and, and this is a tremendous crowd. I was concerned when we started that the rain had claimed some of you. Amen. How many had trouble getting home this week? Really? Are you serious? I couldn't get in my neighborhood. And so I found out that a battery-operated car and high water do not go together. Amen? So I have a message for you. Going green is a joke. I'm going to get me a jacked-up truck. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there. Amen. It's crazy. Amen. It's the first time in my life because I've always had, uh, you know, a big car. And I bought this little thing trying to be conservative. Anyway, praise God. It's the first time in my life the policeman said, you have to turn around and go back. And I said, you're right. <laughs> and all these big trucks were just going around. And I'm going, God, have mercy. So anyway, that was fun. Uh, this coming weekend, Friday night and Saturday, for all of you who are interested in uh, the Zebulun ministry and you're, you're interested in becoming uh, an agent, if you're here and you want a job, be here Friday night and Saturday, and there's going to be training going on for, um, uh, from Action Energy Company. They're coming in and they're going to set up <coughs> a training for anyone who is interested in a career change or a job or uh, just making money because we believe everybody in the kingdom ought to be blessed. Amen? Amen. And you can't be blessed waiting on somebody else to bless you. It's by the labor of your hands and the ingenuity of your mind that God brings resources to you. Amen? So we just want you to be blessed. And he wants to touch you and anoint you so you can be a blessing to others. And so that's what all this is about. So that's next Friday and Saturday. If you're interested we encourage you to sign up today in the Interface Place. We hope all of you will stay because we have so many people on vacation, it's scary. Amen? So we hope you'll stay for the next few minutes and worship with us. We've got a great treat for you. God's going to move. God's already moved. The word we've heard this morning was rich, wasn't it? Amen? Now, this is the vintage service, and I know we have some young people in here today, but how many of you remember Carl Lewis? Okay, because I went to school with him. Uh, he's an old-timer now. Amen. He's vintage. 
Okay, so it was good to see him run again. Amen? Now, how many of you have the baton in your hand this morning? So that means you can run with us in Jesus' name. Put your tennis shoes on and let's go in the name of the Lord. Hug somebody's neck. Tell them you love them in Jesus' name, and you're glad to see them in the house of God this morning. 